listeners to season two of the beloved podcast my name is alice hall who met me in the first season and during the season i'll be joining ifa willis as her co-host on some of the episodes we would usually be having a beloved retreat at this time of year around valentine's day so we thought what a better day um, to begin our new season which is going to take us through lent and easter tide so happy valentine's day to all of you In this first episode, we're going to be hearing how the Beloved invites us um, to enter into retreat with him in the wilderness during these 40 days. And throughout Lent um, and Eastertide, our Beloved podcast season two is going to be based on the various women we meet in the scriptures. During Lent, we're going to be hearing in shorter episodes from a variety of women, um, reflecting on the various women in scripture and how they connect to an aspect of their lives. Um, And then during Eastertide, we'll be returning to our full-length episodes, looking at God's transforming power at work um, through the various women in scripture. So I'll hand over to Ifa now to lead us through um, this first episode. Ifa. Hi, so in this episode, we're taking our inspiration from the book of Hosea, chapter 2. Now, depending on your translation that you're using, the verses are either verses 14 to 23 or 16 to 25. So let's prepare our hearts to listen to God's word for us that we will be reflecting on today. Therefore, I will now allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. From there I will give her her vineyards and make the valley of Achor a door of hope. There she shall respond as in the days of her youth, as at the time when she came out of the land of Egypt. On that day, says the Lord, you will call me my husband, And no longer will you call me my Baal, for I will remove the names of the Baals from her mouth, and they shall be mentioned by name no more. I will make for you a covenant on that day with the wild animals, the birds of the air, and the creeping things of the ground, and I will abolish the bow, the sword, and war from the land, And I will make you lie down in safety, and I will take you for my wife forever. I will take you for my wife in righteousness and in justice, in steadfast love and in mercy. I will take you for my wife in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. On that day I will answer, says the Lord. I will answer the heavens, and they shall answer the earth. And the earth shall answer the grain, the wine, and the oil, and they shall answer Jeshua. And I will sow him for myself in the land, and I will have pity on Lorahama, and I will say to Loahamai, You are my people, and he shall say, You are my God. Hello and welcome to season two of the Beloved Podcast. My name is Ifa Willis um, and I'm going to continue hosting this podcast for this new season. Um, I am joined today by three wonderful people, so I'm going to ask them each to introduce themselves in turn. First of all, we have Jenny, who we met last season, but just in case we've forgotten, or we want to know a bit more about her. Jenny, could you introduce yourself a little? 
Yes, of course. Hi, I'm Jenny Lochner. Um, I am an associate member of the Zion community. Um, I live in Surrey and um, I work in education. Fantastic. Thank you, Jenny. And we're also joined today by Sean. Hi, Sean. Hi, Ifa. Um, so I'm a bit about yourself then. I'm Sean. Um, I am a member of the Zion community. Uh, I'm also a paediatric nurse. Um, I hail from the wonderful land of Wales originally. Um, and I'm delighted to be here sharing with you tonight. Fantastic. Thank you, Sean. And we're also joined today by a voice that you, if you were listening last time, you might have heard singing. Uh, but this is the first time we're speaking to you. So welcome, Fran. Thanks, Ifa. Um, it's great to be here. So uh, I'm Fran. I'm from Birmingham. And I'm also uh, an associate member of Sion Community. And I'm an RE teacher in a Catholic school here in Birmingham. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for joining me this evening. It's really nice to spend some time with you. So, Jenny, last time we were together, we were journeying through Advent. Um, mm. And this time, in this uh, group of podcasts, we're going to be journeying through Lent and Eastertide together. So, as a disciple, what does Lent mean for you? How do you approach Lent? Lent for me has changed massively over the years. I was thinking about this this morning and um, I remember growing up, Lent was a, a time when we were supposed to give something up. Um, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't remember what I used to give up when I was little, but I remember that, I remember that kind of, it's about, it's about giving something up. Um, and so it's about duty and more often than not, it was about failure that, you know, I'd give something up for a week and then by the second week of Lent, it would have all gone horribly wrong and I'd have given up and just felt rubbish. <laughs> um, and then over time, it, it changed and it became an opportunity to make a lifestyle change. You know, I'll use Lent to do something that I know I need to do anyway, like drink less coffee. Um, I think I, I confessed my coffee addiction um, in in the last season um and it's it's been more balanced now but um still but it, it used to be a, a convenient opportunity as i say just to to give up something or to um to eat less sugar or whatever it was hmm. and i think what's where i am now with it um is is that it's an invitation um to to love and to be free to love um and in giving rather than giving up something it's about giving god something mm. so whether it like giving him more of my time or giving him um giving him priority by having other other things at a lower priority um so giving up something enables me to give him something more yeah i hope that makes sense yeah it makes <laughs> no that that definitely makes sense and I definitely um that idea of well like what I think for me it was always like a thing of like well this is a, a sort of conversation starter you know oh and what are you giving up for Lent and how can we you know for someone who was perhaps not super confident to go up to people and start small talk I'm not I'm not very good at small talk so it was like oh that's something I can use at least through Lent I can definitely use that and also like me and my sisters are very competitive and we always were as kids so it's like oh well I'm giving up this well I'm giving up this oh well if you're giving up that I'm going to give that and this and so there was a real sort of competitive element to our Lent definitely growing up but I think like you it's changed as I, I've grown and and I really I, now, when I think about Lent, it's quite exciting in a way because I, I absolutely love Easter. It's just the best. And so there's all that anticipation about all the amazing things that are coming. And I love um, how everything's slightly different in Lent as well. So uh, the, the music that we use in church is, is more contemplative and more quiet and, and sort of, I don't know, suit, suits like... The, the introverted parts of me and then at the same time it it helps me to be more intentional so I, I deliberately 
make an effort to do stuff. And I found particularly the last few years, I've, I've found like a, a Lent study or a Lent um, sort of an idea, a book that I'm going to read or something that I've spaced out throughout Lent and found that to be really fruitful. Yeah. Yeah. I um I understand the competitive uh, <laughs> if uh, um I'm not someone that really struggles to kind of um struggle or, or suffer in that sense. So the, the idea of giving something up um often I can find quite easy. And I can remember one year um early in my my journey, I, I gave up something different every week mm. and and maintained it. For the entire, you know, from from week one of Lent, I was still given that thing up, wow. you know, at Easter, and um, and there was this element of pride, you know, that I could do it, and actually not the right thing, um, you know, not the purpose of, of Lent. Um, and in terms of approaching, I tend to approach it in a bit of a panic, <laughs> like, oh my word, I can't believe it's here already, it's Lent, yeah. you know, I've got to give something up. Um, and because I don't necessarily struggle to give, you know, the chocolate or the wine up, um or the Coke in my case, um, I've taken to taking something up instead. Mm. So what is it that I need to take up instead in order to um, yeah, open my heart a little bit more uh, and also to let myself know God mm. a bit more? So rather than the giving up, once I've got over the panic of it being <laughs> meant, it's about how, um, how am I going to yeah, open my heart a little bit more and how am I going to let myself know God a bit more during that period of preparation mm. you know for the for the Easter hope mm-hmm. how about you Fran yeah well a, a lot of what you've all said really resonates with me as well um I think I think I find a bit like what you were saying if that the more I fully embrace Lent the more joyful I feel my celebration of Easter is because as you say you've got that contrast of the two seasons um and I suppose I was thinking about how the church gives us three fo- three things to focus on, doesn't it, during Lent? So prayer, fasting and almsgiving. And um, I think maybe with almsgiving this year, like whilst we might immediately think of giving to charity in some way, like, I mean, normally as a teacher, you know, you'd be trying to encourage the pupils to, you know, do mm-hmm. something, uh, some sort of random fundraising activity. Um But this year I was just, when I was praying, um, I was thinking about, you know, is there a way I could give of my time as a form of almsgiving, like maybe to my neighbours as we're in lockdown? You know, I've got um, some some neighbours who are a bit elderly or isolated. um, So I think that's something I might try to to think Mm. about creatively. Yeah, yeah. Fab. So... We've, we've talked a bit about our thoughts about Lent and, and the reading that we've uh, heard this evening from Hosea is is all about being called into the desert, which is, is clearly a, a really strong Lent theme. Um, so, Sean, can I ask you, when have you been led into the desert? And when you're there, how does the beloved speak to your heart? What a question. <laughs> um, a little bit of a background for you, really. This this um, scripture is it's a little bit like my faith journey scripture. Um, I first received it, so to say. You know, somebody um, gave it to me as, as a word uh, of the Lord in 2003, March 2003. I was just about to uh, fly to New Zealand. And um, this was the word that they gave me. And um, I was like, oh, that's great. He's going to live in the desert. That's, you know, won't be for long, will it? <laughs> um, <laughs> and the reality is, if I reflect back over mm. the last 22 years of my faith journey, I'm not 22, by the mm. way, I'm way older than 22, but it's been 22 years of a, a journey in faith. I think I'm still in, in the desert and I don't think I've ever left the desert. So I don't think I've had a season of desert or seasons of desert. I feel like actually my whole faith journey is in the desert. Um, and, and one of the questions that I ask myself, you know, is how long, yeah. <laughs> how long, how long does the desert last? Um, and then you reflect on others who've gone to the desert, you know, um, Moses did 40 years in the desert before, um, he was called to lead Israel 
out of the desert. Israel spent 40 years in the desert. David spent time in the desert. Jesus spent time in the desert um, and for quite long times, really. So I yeah, feel like... Good company. Um, <laughs> good company. <laughs> um, 23 more years left in the desert, possibly. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but the, what the reality is that it's not how long you're in the desert that is the the question that I should be asking. So when I'm at my worst, what I'm asking is, how long am I in the desert for? The reality is that God works on me while I'm in the desert. And that's the question that I need to be asking um, rather than how, yeah. how much longer. <laughs> um, and so I, I kind of have like what you call wilderness truths, you know, what, what's the truth of being in the desert? Um, and the first thing is that uh, the God is in the desert with me. You know, that's the truth. Um, he, he reveals himself to me in the desert. And um, the desert is a place not of desolation, but of mm. preparation. So there is something happening. Um, yeah. So in terms of how does God speak to me, you know, speak to my heart when I'm in the desert, the reality is that my entire conversation with God happens in the desert. So it's in everything. It's in the times that I turn away from him. You know, he's speaking to me. It's in the times that I'm able to call on him, that he's speaking to me. Um, I don't know anything else other than desert. <laughs> um, yeah. So I am one of those people that experiences faith mm. in the desert. Um, I do look forward to um, the beach <laughs> one day, maybe, you know, <laughs> but for the moment, um, he's got yeah. me in the desert. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for sharing that. Sean, um, how about you? Yeah, so I think for me it's probably been more of sort of going through cycles, you know, like periods of time in the desert and then, you know, maybe you find an oasis or, or <laughs> you come out for, for, for some time. Um, and sometimes I think you can somehow be in two places at the same time. I, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, like you're in a desert in one part of your life but in quite a joyful place in another part of your life. So yeah sort of having again that contrast um but funnily enough um i was actually sent this scripture last easter so it was when we'd just gone into the first lockdown um and i was sent it from my community um but i received it at easter time so lent was over in a sense and i remember looking at it and and being a bit like oh, great, you know, well, I've just finished Lent, so what does the Lord want me to go back into the desert, you know, now? Um, but it, it was a really hard time. I found Easter last year very, very difficult. Um, I live on my own, so um, so I think just, yeah, it was the first time I'd ever celebrated Easter on my own. And, of course, we couldn't go to church last Easter at all. Um, but when I looked back on that, on those sort of Easter week and then maybe probably the few weeks afterwards, um, I could really see um, how poignant that scripture passage had been and that it was definitely right for that time. Um, and um, I found a lot of consolation. We had that lovely weather. I found great consolation, spending time in my garden and um, being in nature. Um, you know, it was the, I remember the Good Friday service. Um, I had it on. My, I was thinking I was listening to it on my phone and walking mm -hmm. around my garden. Um, you know, and I, so I thought, well, I would never have done this before on Good Friday. Um, yeah, so so there was lots of consolation as well in that time, um, and um, and I think the other time of being in the desert for me has been going through um, some quite. Um, close family losses so going through times of grief um but um yeah my, my experience is that the lord brings me consolation during those times in different ways um i'm a worship leader so listening to worship music um is has a big impact on me um and i think it's really important to share with other people as well to, to you know hopefully people have got christian friends um or family who they can sort of mm. share honestly with where they're at and people mm. who can pray for you 
um, if you find yourself, you know, in the midst of the desert yeah. for some time. Yeah. I think for me, like, um, what the times when, well, there's a particular time when thinking when I was given this scripture as uh, this, this might be for you right now was, um, very much a being called away moment as in I'd, I'd just signed up to go to India for four months to, to be, uh, to work, uh, teaching English, but completely in the middle of nowhere so I was miles from anywhere and I'd just finished four years at uni when I'd not been I'd, I'd gone away to uni and left my then boyfriend at home so we hadn't been together for that four years and so all that four years we've been thinking you know after uni I'll come home and we'll be able to be together and then was like oh no actually after uni you're going to go off and you're going to spend four months on the other side of the world and it was like it was a fantastic opportunity but it really felt like a wow um a calling away but actually it was uh, a really really it was definitely desert like I was well it was jungle but it was desert in that <laughs> in that I was away from everyone I, you know I was I was living in in the convent with the nuns who I was there with and I, I was able to join in with their their daily prayer routine and it was really a time of, of I felt God saying you know this is a time for you and me before you get back to your boyfriend before you who then obviously became my husband later uh, before you before you do that I need some time with you first um, and and so for me it really was a time of um, God really speaking to my heart and and, and demanding some one-on-one -on -one time um, yeah so but, but yeah, uh, similar to you, Fran, through music, through silence, through through scripture, through the support of the people around me and the prayers of people who were praying for me, both there and at home, definitely, I, I felt I, like I was right under the gaze of, <laughs> and, and of the beloved and, and really, it really, like it was a time of desert as in I wasn't with anyone, but it was so fruitful in terms of the the real chance to cement uh, my relationship with the beloved. Yeah. I think it's really interesting how, how the Lord uses desert mm. time. Um, you know, I... There's, there's nothing to me that's appealing about going into the desert, you know, and I hear that reading from, from Hosea and I think, wow, that sounds amazing. But when I'm faced with being in the desert, I would rather do anything than, than, than be there. And yet that's the place where he speaks mm. to our hearts. That's, that's our experience. Um, and so, so there's something really, there's something really beautiful about the desert and it's such a bit there's such a paradox mm. in that i think yeah it should be a place of of death and yet it becomes a place of life i don't understand <laughs> but I'll okay um so the other thing that comes out really clearly in that reading is about needing to renounce the idols that we have um, in order to return to the beloved. So, Fran, are there idols that you've needed to renounce in order to go back to the beloved? And yeah, does, does that is there something particular that you're called mm -hmm. to this Lent, or just in general, or what do you think? Yeah, thank, well, I think this is a really challenging question, but a really important one. And I think it's really interesting how in the context of the reading, obviously, it's talking mm. about the false gods, you know, not worshipping false gods. And um, just as we were listening to it before, um, I was just I was thinking about how the Lord is jealous for us. Um, and, um, you know, the song that we use on the beloved, like the tag for the podcast um, it's from that song, mm. He's Jealous for Me, Love's Like a Hurricane, I Am a Tree. Um, so I think when we think of it with that spin on it, you know, um, 
it sort of yeah it really struck me like gosh well of course i don't want to have false idols or false gods because i want to be completely just for the lord um i mean i think it's probably a pretty common thing but i think something i might be being called to give up for lent is looking <laughs> less on instagram um <laughs> because you know it's probably locked uh, you know a lockdown pastime but you can just end up going down into that sort of spiral of you know scrolling um you know sort of sometimes yeah. just mindlessly um and it's really amazing how you can then just look at the time and think wow that was just like 10 <laughs> minutes of my life and um <laughs> so so i think that's probably something very practical that um that i can do um and 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 as jenny was saying earlier you know it's it's not doing that not getting lost in that sort of just mindless scrolling for 10 minutes so that i could maybe read a spiritual book for 10 minutes or read the scriptures um go out for a, for a walk in nature um yeah so that so that i'm giving the time to god that he's jealous for with me yeah yeah I think when I'm looking at that script, right, it's easy for me to go, oh, yeah, obviously, I don't worship any Baals. I don't worship any false gods. I've definitely not got any shrines to any other gods in my house. There's no like, you know, but it's deeper than that, isn't it? Um, and really, I suppose it's a, for me, it's about like, what do I prioritize over spending time with the beloved? Um and at different times, I, it's been like my career, you know, am I prioritizing and spending hours and hours working for a promotion that I don't need or uh, for some sort of validation through my work, you know, that, that isn't really going to bring me happiness. It, you know, it's, it's God that's going to bring me happiness. So sometimes it's that. Sometimes um, it's some idea about financial security, you know, but where's the security going to, you know, who's going to, it's that, yeah, sorry, I'm not putting my words together very well, but you know, like the security is not going to come from the bank. <laughs> it's going to come from God or, or maybe it's, um, maybe sometimes it's a bit like your Instagram thing. Like, well, I've just got to watch one more episode on this Netflix thing or one more, you know, just, I really, really need to find out what's going to happen next in Grey's Anatomy. And then I'll find out about what's happening in my in my bible or in my prayer life or whatever so so yeah it's the it's not as obvious as a false god with a funny statue or whatever it, it's it's the things that i prioritize i suppose yeah i was thinking about this question earlier and and, and i'm not quite sure this is an idol but it's a distraction and 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 the thing, um, I've got plenty of plenty of things in my head that would be awesome if they were just, you know, if I was just financially <laughs> stable, it would be amazing. And if I was just married or if I just had this and this and this. But kind of reflecting on that question, um, what was brought to me was the lies that I believe, um, which maybe they are an idol, actually, become so much a part of how I think and behave that actually um, unknowingly, these lies have become an, an idol and, and the current lie is I'm too much. Um, yeah, that's the current lie in my head. Um, and, and just in terms of how to counter, counteract that lie, there's something I've been doing. I'm a bit of an arty type, a bit of a creative type. Um, and I've been doodling and, and I don't know when, you know, when you're at school back in the olden days, you know, you used to get told to write lies, mm. lines, you know, I will not, I will mm. not, I will not. And, um, and I find that in my journal, I've been writing, you know, lines, but they're, mm. they're positive lines. So um, um, I am beloved of God. I am beloved yeah. of God. I am beloved of God. And, um, and then from that line, the, a truth mm. comes to me, you know, so the, the truth is that I am beloved of God, but then something else will, will come to me and it becomes the main, you know, the, the main focus of my, my doodling and, and my art. And um, so really wanting to, um, yeah, kind of um, declare truth over the lies that I, I, I have given too much attention to, you know. Um, so that's coming back to that thing I said earlier about rather than giving something up this land, you know, there's the court take something up that um 
you know, will hopefully yeah. this lie, this this idol um, for good. And um, and something I was just thinking about uh, in terms of desert, you know, we, we always think of the negative, don't we? That the event difficult, it's a struggle and, you know, the desert is a struggle and it's, you know, it's empty. But I was reading this scripture in about 10 different <laughs> translations and um, <laughs> and just I just want to read these to you. This is how how this um this scripture starts in, in different bibles i will allure her i will persuade her i will attract her i will charm her i will speak romantic words to her i will win her i will court her i, I will seduce her and if you just take those lines like it's just a declaration of love <laughs> isn't it of, um, amazing you know, so how can the desert be a how can the desert be a bad place yeah. if that's how um he begins the call? So yeah. I declare battle on the lies this Lent. Amen. Oh bring it on. I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> I see the I think yeah. we all need those lines, Sean, produced really beautifully. Oh, on some I sort think of there's a calling there. Doodle away for you, ladies. <laughs> I think it's going to be some beloved artwork. I yeah. can just see it coming. Maybe that needs to be with the podcast, you know. Oh, I will yes. do my best. <laughs> okay. Jenny, did you want to add anything on that one? or N No, I think... <laughs> No, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just in the bring on the desert yeah. place. So, hooray! <laughs> okay, finally, then um, the the scripture speaks of uh, the Valley of Acre becoming a door of hope. I mean, bring on the desert, right? Um, and and the earth yielding wine and oil. So. I suppose thinking about our experiences of drawing closer to Christ, could you name and let's affirm some of the new wine that you've seen him produce in you out of these things? So I'm still a bit emotional. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Um, what I'm beginning to realise as I get older is that if I, in the last years, I've really been kind of coming to understand that um, my place in this world is not suffering, but I feel like it is a gift that God has given me, you know, that I am someone who can suffer um, well, but not, I don't mean that in a, I don't know, I don't mean that in a negative way. I, I, I I feel peaceful when I can accept the truth that I am somebody who can suffer and that maybe, maybe that is um, a little bit of God's plan for me. Yeah. And actually what I've realised is that the, there, there's blessings in the vulnerability of the suffering. So when I let other people see my vulnerability and the, the mm -hmm. crap <laughs> and I share it openly, you know, I'm not somebody who likes to speak. I'm not somebody who likes to be seen. Um, and in recent years, I have I have spoken at our beloved weekends, and and pretty much every time, you know, I'm I am like totally naked before every woman that's in the room um, with my with my vulnerability, and I feel like um, that's when I am I am at my best in serving God because I'm allowing other women to see not only my vulnerability, but that you can still have a relationship with God and it can still be fruitful and it can still be um, blessed and it isn't perfect. And I don't think I'm ever going to be one of those women um, that can declare the perfect relationship and the perfect understanding and the perfect is my life wonderful. I just don't know that that's ever going to be my thing. Um, it would be lovely, wouldn't it? It would be lovely if all of those desires were granted. Um, I'm just not yeah. sure, you know. Um, and so I, if I can look back and go, actually, I think there's blessing in, in that vulnerability that I'm able to offer um, women. Um, 
and I should probably be a little bit less scared of it and um, keep going there. And having heard you speak and, and been there on some of the occasions, Sean, I absolutely affirm that, yeah, your vulnerability definitely is a blessing to those who, who you share it with. Thank you. <laughs> I second that. Mm. You could have everyone wondering now. <laughs> well, it just have to come on a beloved weekend at some point, don't they? <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> when we're actually allowed to see them again. Uh, uh, Fran, what do you think on this one about the new wine that's come out? Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, I love that image of new wine, and and that's been a really um, important um, important um, image for me um, spiritually over the last few years. Um, and um, you know, it always reminds me of of the of the song. There's a, a hill song um, in the pressing, in the crushing. Um, you are making new wine, and. Um, that song just came out a few years ago at the time when this was really significant in my life. Um, and it was a time of pressing and crushing um, because of a bereavement that had happened. And um, what the Lord showed me at that time, um, well, he took me to, you know, the passage where Jesus talks about the new wine and he says, new wine needs new wine skins. And um, so the Lord was sort of took me on this journey of talking about the wineskins, first of all, um, and showing me that before he could give me the new wine, he, he had to create the new wineskins um, in my life. And um, that ha I think that happened in different ways, you know, and I sort of felt like in prayer over the months and years, I was then sort of asking him, you know, are the wineskins ready? Is it time for the new wine? You know, and it was sort of, you know, there was a sense of anticipation, I suppose, about that. Um, and um, I, I think that maybe for some people listening, you know, they might be longing for that new wine, um, but it might be something to take to prayer, you know, about what does the new wine skin look like um, or how can that be created in your life in order to receive the new wine from the Lord. Um and another scripture passage that, that was really important at that time as well um, was from the Song of Songs. I mean, we refer to that scripture a lot in um, to that book, of the Bible, a lot on the Beloved Weekends. But it's chapter eight, verse five. And it says, who is this coming out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? And um, I really love that that image of leaning on your beloved that's how you're going to come out of the wilderness um and i think for me it speaks to me of in those desert times um that it's a time of learning to lean on the beloved you know what does that look like um i think for me things like deepening trust um learning more about god's nature in the wilderness um and I think also having em empathy for other people um, and sort of more of an awareness of other people if they're going through a wilderness time. Um, yeah, hopefully just being a bit more um, equipped to walk alongside other people if they go through, you know, similar things, whether that's bereavement or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking about, well, what is what is the nature of new wine? What's new wine like? Um, and I, I'm not, you know, a vintner. I've not got lots of experience of making wine. But from what I understand, new wine is lively and unpredictable. So when when you're making a wine, you know, when you set it to whatever it does, I want to say ferment, but I don't know if that's beer, maybe. That's about right. No, I think wine ferments right. as well. Um, you don't know what it's going to taste like until afterwards. So it's it's definitely an exercise in trust, but also it might go wrong. And uh, if it's too lively, you know, it might it might upset things. That's why you need the new wineskins, right? Because it, it's too, it it's can't be contained. Um, and so I was thinking about uh, like 
times in my life when when it, I've had to like when things haven't turned out how I was thinking when my plans haven't been fulfilled when the things that I was thought oh well I thought this was your plan for me but no that that's gone wrong or that's not happened and actually what happened in the end the reality the new wine was often so much better than what I thought I was gonna get with my plan and my old wine of like this is my way I'm gonna do things and actually what what God had planned was completely out of the park in terms of what I'd imagined but so much better and so yeah it, you're right Fran in the in the pressing it it's hard that creation of the new wine and and it's yeah it takes patience and trust to to get through the desert bit and it's probably not going to look like what I think it's going to look like but it's going to be good I'm sitting with um, four words freedom from and freedom mm. to mm, I know <laughs> and um I've been pondering them as I've been listening listening to to you and um and I was wondering what the freedom from is and for me um and don't all laugh at once because you know me too well the common theme in my life is self-reliance and so for me um I think the invitation is always whether it's Lent or any other time of year that the Lord is you know calling me into the desert is is freedom from that but that image that you've given us, Fran, from the Song of Songs, the freedom to lean on the mm. beloved. So to go into the desert with myself, but to come mm. out of it free to lean mm. on him. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, there's an invitation. Bring it on, right? Bring it on. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, ladies. That's that's been really lovely to talk to you this evening, and um, I'm really looking forward to getting into Lent now. <laughs> Let's get into the desert. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Let's do it. Thank you. In the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil, I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. So I yield to you and to your careful hand. Make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. In the crushing. Make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, Jesus, bring you one.
you to give yourself permission to spend a few moments with God. Close your eyes, quiet your thoughts and fix your gaze on your beloved. Come as you are. Lord, I thank you for my sister in Christ. I thank you for her highs and lows. I thank you for her desire to know you more, her desire for healing and wholeness. Jesus, we bring you the times we have felt crushed and pressed. Help us to remember that you never abandon us. Father God, your word says that we belong to you and that you will never leave us. Your love is everlasting and steadfast. You led the Israelites through the desert to the promised land and you are faithful to your promises. During this season of Lent, help us to embrace the wilderness. Show us how we can live this time well so that we will be renewed and transformed. We know that you are jealous for our time and affection. I pray for my sister in Christ, that she will allow you to allure her, to persuade her, to attract her, and to charm her into the secret place where you long to speak romantic words to her, to win her, to court her and to seduce her with your love. Lord, we invite you to create new wineskins in our lives. Show us, even now, those things you are asking us to lay down, the old flames that you want us to exchange for new fire. Prepare us to receive your new wine. And as we surrender to your gentle hand, increase our faith, trust and hope in you. Bring us freedom and peace. Lord, open the eyes of our hearts to see the new thing that you are doing. 
we make all these prayers in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us today as we get ready to head into the desert with the beloved. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, I invite you to share it with a friend. Maybe in this way, you can retreat together even though we're physically apart. Have a look at the notes for the podcast where you'll find links to our Facebook group and the Zion Community website. If you feel called to, you can make a donation there to support the work of Beloved. Also in the notes, there are some journaling prompts for you to use. As we move into Lent, our podcast format is going to change, and so I'm not going to make these announcements at the end of every episode, but rest assured, we're still very happy to receive any donations, and I still want to thank everyone who's involved in every episode, including those whose voices you hear and those who are in the background supporting us with technology and with their prayers. Please pray for each other as we journey through Lent. We are praying for you, beloved sisters.